Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Someone said marriage is when a man and a woman become one. Actually, it says that in the Bible. (laughs) The trouble starts when the two people try to decide which one. (laughs) Say, preacher, there are top three situations that require witnesses. Have you ever thought about these? Crimes require witnesses. Accidents require witnesses. Weddings require witnesses. Need I say more? (laughs) These are some problems that happen. So I was praying this morning and God was dealing with my heart. And I thought about one of these. Have you ever heard of the term irreconcilable differences? So 50% of marriages end up in divorce. And that's an awful statistic. But one of the reasons for divorce is... Now, there are biblical reasons for divorce, okay? And Jesus cites that there are three of them. One is adultery. One is when your spouse dies, you're no longer married. And the other one is if they just... If they take off and... And they they abandon you and you can't find them and you're not held under bondage in that case. But there is no such thing in the Bible as irreconcilable differences, which means we're just too different. Why? Because, let me tell you something, men and women are different. Husbands and wives are different. And I began to think about this when I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, reconcilable differences. To reconcile means to bring together reconcilable differences. So in the beginning of the book of Philippians, Paul begins to exhort the church in Philippi. He says, you've got to be like-minded. And then he begins to cite how Jesus, he said, let this mind be in you who was also, which was also in Christ Jesus. And you know, the Bible says that Jesus never changed. Yesterday, today, and forever, he's still the same. But he did change some things. So his character didn't change. His holiness didn't change. The victory and power didn't change. But the Bible says, he said he made himself in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 of no reputation. He left the throne up in heaven. He took upon him the form of a, a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He was born of a virgin. And the Bible said, and f- being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And we find that, say, why did Jesus do all those things? Because he knew that he had reconcilable differences with people. And he wanted to reconcile or bring together 
all men, all women unto him. The Bible says, so there are differences between us. Now you say a preacher, but marriage is made in heaven. It doesn't say that, okay? If it is, the maintenance has to be done down here, okay? But I, I asked my wife, I said, make up a list. Now I've been married for 21 years. It's easy when you get married on the, on the year 2000. So you can just any year above that. It's like 2022, 22 years. Easy, right? So, so, so we're, almost we're, almost, we're almost to 22. This will be our 22nd anniversary this year. So I've been married for 22 years. Thank you for, see, she remembers that better than I do. And I asked my wife, make up a list. Now I haven't read these. So I might be surprised, okay? Make up a list. Say, preacher, when you're married, for 21 years, you agree on everything, you're the same person. No, you must not be married. But you know, some people think when you get married, the only way for your marriage to succeed is if you're exactly the same. I beg to differ, sir and ma'am. The only way for your marriage to succeed is if you change your mind. We want to look at three things, but first of all, let me read this list. So there's a list for Nadine and a list for Adam. Okay. Nadine, she's up late. Adam, he's up early. We're different. Nadine, artsy. Adam, she wrote not. <laughs> Adam has a schedule for everything. I mean, I make lists of my lists. Her does not. Okay, Nadine likes to browse in a store. Adam has like a 15-minute schedule in a store. When I walk in, I'm like, okay, five minutes, I'm going to the car. I mean, that is absolutely true. Yes. But it's not 15, it's like five. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to leave. I'm making an exit strategy, right? Okay. Nadine loves tasting new foods. Adam could eat the same foods every day. Absolutely true. Nadine loves Asian and Italian. Adam, not so much. <laughs> Just mostly Mexican. I'm nothing against Asian food. I graduated from high school in Hong Kong. Okay, I've lived in Asia. Okay, but Nadine likes hot coffee. Adam iced. Nadine loves festivals. Adam not fond of crowds. Nadine <laughs> likes to go everywhere and be out all day. Adam would rather stay home or be back home in one hour. One hour. Yeah, that's right. If we're leaving, we're coming back in one hour. Now, in case you haven't figured this out, if you think in your marriage it's not good because you're different, that's a lie. Because my wife and I are like night and day, okay? Okay, um, Okay. Nadine listens to her Bible. I like to read my Bible. Nadine loves mysteries. Adam, only nonfiction as far as books. Uh, Nadine, plays lots of pretend with Emma. Adam, not so much, okay? That's just true. She's like, Daddy, now I'll be the horsey and you be the... No, 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 that's Mom. Don't even try that with me. You be a... No. And she like got her... Yeah, so. Nadine would rather be making something. Adam, super clean. What she means is she's not as hyper clean as I am. She was saying it in a nice way, okay? It's like, there's one thing on the ground, honey. The world has to stop, right? Uh, Nadine remembers names and Adam remembers faces and vehicles. Nadine calms Emma down for bed. <laughs> Adam rouses her up. One time she came into the house, she came into the bedroom, and she was not happy. Because I had riled Emma up right before bed, you know. 
And so she came up and she grabbed me. <laughs> and she shook me up and down. This is what you do. This is what you do to our daughter. <laughs> and you know what I said? Do it again. Do it again. That was great. I mean, I was like, man, I'm more excited than I've been all day, honey. We're different. That was so fun. That's like, do that. She has never done it again. But that was like, she shook me up and down. I like it because we're different. Okay. Okay. Nadine loves all things. Christmas decorating, going to activities, making things. Adam would rather read a book. Yeah. Nadine has a mechanical mind. Uh, Adam, not so much, right? But I like learning. Okay. Nadine learns by reading uh, or seeing someone doing it, and Adam learns better by hearing it. So people learn differently. And lastly, um, Adam, this is, this, she wrote this. I didn't, Adam is always on time. Nadine, she wrote with a smiley face and the tongue sticking out, not so much. <laughs> So what I'm saying is that I believe that God, if you understand that and you look to get into a relationship, maybe it's with a spouse and maybe it's with a friend and you say, the only way we can work this out is that if we're all the same. I like what Billy Graham's wife said. If you agree on everything, one of you's not necessary, but you know that we're all different people and that my wife and I, we add different things into the equation. If you've ever heard of the military, they have different specialties. You got your medic, you got your rifleman, you got your comm guy, you got your, uh, you got your lieutenant, you got your uh, automatic weapons guy. Everyone's different. In firefighting, you got your engineer, right? You got your driver, you got, and there's the same thing in God. God will help us to be a blessing with other people. But I want to share that that we can have reconcilable differences and the way that we can work things out and the way that we can understand that our spouse is different and will never be the same. <laughs> In fact, our differences are more pronounced now than, uh, than they were when we got married. Is the first one is, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ didn't change. He didn't change his character, but the Bible said he revealed his character. And I believe if these three character traits are revealed in our lives, that our relationships will be so much better. That the things that we face outside that door will be so much better. And that we can learn to love people for who they are, not who we want them to be. My wife's never going to be me, okay? And I will never be my wife. Thank God. And she's saying, thank God, right? Right. It's for a blessing. And she wrote these again. Please don't, no hate mail, okay? She wrote these. And there's probably some more. And there's probably some where we could make each other look bad, but we love each other, okay? Amen. Amen. So the first thing, the Bible says, he made himself of no reputation. The first skill in having a reconcilable, not irreconcilable, but reconcilable, that means you can come together, is having a mind of submission or a mind to submit. You see that when Jesus came into the world, he didn't come into the world high and mighty. He didn't come with great armies of angels. But the Bible said in Luke chapter 2 that she brought forth her firstborn son. And where? Wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And you know, we do that at Christmas. We have the manger scenes and it's always beautiful. Look at the shepherds are here. No, he was... The manger was the dog dish. That's what it was. Except it's where the sheep and the oxen ate. It was like a big feeding trough. 
nobody would put their baby in there. Okay, there was probably some straw down, animal slobber, and, and she's walking on, uh, you know, ox doo-doo and everything, and that's no place to bring a baby unless you're Jesus. And Jesus wanted to show that he made himself of no reputation, that Jesus is a humble God. You know that Jesus said, he said, learn of me. He said, I'm meek. And you know, when you get to know Jesus, he's meek and he's lowly of heart. He's humble. And the Bible even says if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he'll lift us up. But having a mind of Jesus means to have a mind that is submissive. And I know that sounds bad, so no preacher, I'm assertive and dominant. But God made himself of no reputation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, speaking to the church, submitting yourselves. Really? Yes, they're reconcilable differences. Well, I can't understand how to get along with my wife. Submit yourself one to another in the fear of God. And you know that my wife, she likes Asian, and so do we ever go out to eat Asian? <laughs> no, no, we have Misa. Misa's such a blessing. She cooks Asian. But we've been eating Asian leftovers for like three days, right? And Korean, and she makes all kinds of good food. But my wife likes Asian, so what does she do? She goes out with Misa and goes out to eat at the Asian buffet, right? So, but there's ways that you can submit yourself. Say, well, I don't like Asian. But you know what? If your wife likes Asian, make sure that she gets some Asian food to eat. Submit yourselves. The, the Bible says that wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. I know this is not popular, but this is the way that God says that we can get over our differences. It says... Uh, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. This is in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. As unto the Lord. And it says the husband's the head of the wife. Even as Christ is head of the church. That's how it works. There's an order there. You know, it works in football. You know what the quarterback does? It says, hike! And you know what everyone else? They react to the leader of the team so that they can get a victory. Even the Jaguars won. It was awesome. They shut out the other team. They can do it again, too. Amen. Because I wasn't. Yeah, okay, there you go. He was praying, right? Go! And God's like, okay, my son, I heard it. No, I don't know if God takes part in sporting events, okay? Because then half of the Christians that pray didn't get their prayer answered because their team lost, right? But I, will, I do believe that, uh, that if you honor God, God will honor you. It's the, it's at, even in sporting events. Because a man named Eric Liddell, he was uh, a Christian and he ran in the Olympics. Well, one of the prequal days for his events was on a Sunday. But so he didn't run it. So they took him out of his best event. I think it was the, the 200 or the, yeah, maybe the 200 meter uh, dash, 200 yard, 200 meter dash. But he took it out and they put him in a race that he wasn't as good at. And so he's getting warmed up for this race that he isn't as good at. And someone puts something in his hand and it's a scripture. It says, it says in the old book, he that honors me, I will honor. I think that's from 1 Samuel chapter, maybe chapter 5. And, uh, and you know what? He went out and, he, and the race that he wasn't as good at, it's on tape. Not only did he get a gold medal, he got first. But he, I think, set an Olympic record. Why? Because God does honor, even in sporting events. So I don't know. Maybe God heard the prayer of his child. He's like, I'll let him win. You know what? You, I'm, I don't know if they'll win today. <laughs> the Bible says, therefore, and it says, not only the husband. Husbands, love your wives. Verse 25. Amen. 
even as Christ also loved the church. And what did Christ do? Gave himself for it. So as a husband, as a leader, it doesn't mean that you're a dictator throwing lightning bolts down from the lazy boy, right? Woman, make my dinner. Woman, no. You're the one. So if you don't make, now nah, we're different. I don't cook. But I do do dishes, right? Yes. I do dishes, right? It's like, ma'am, I can do the dishes. You're tired. What is that? It's giving yourself for it. And you know, in some households, the husband cooks and the wife doesn't cook as well. That's all right, too. But you know what? You're a team and you work together. The husband should look after the team. The Bible says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. You ever heard that? He that loveth his wife loveth himself. And it said, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord of the church. You know those are two things. To nourish your flesh is to physically do something. It's to feed it, right? To cherish it means that you make sure it's warm, make sure it's clean. You have an attitude towards it. And it shows the two things that husbands can do to wives. Have the action of love to their wife. That's nourishing. And have the attitude the attitude. Now, that's the hard one, isn't it? Come on, man. We all know it's like, oh, do the stupid dishes. No, that's not cherishing. I don't cherish the dishes either, but I cherish my wife, right? Okay. Children, the Bible says, obey your parents in the Lord. It's submission. And you know that our children need submission to their parents. And if you know the problem that we have in our, in our, in our, uh, in our country is children don't submit to their parents. But if you can teach them that and you can teach them these things, this is what the Lord will do to change our country, to have an attitude of submission, to be reconciled to God. So preacher, but I need victory. What I'm not even married. The Bible said submit yourselves. Have you ever tried to resist the devil? Well, that's good. But the Bible doesn't want you just to resist the devil. You're missing part of the scripture. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Round one right there. Resist the devil. That's part two. And the third part, he will flee from you. But you can resist the devil all the time until you get to the place where you say, You know what? Maybe I'm not submitting myself unto God. You can fight the devil with your own strength or fight the devil with your own ideas. But God said, hey, you need to do that. And I told you to do that. Say, you know what, Lord? Let me submit myself unto God. If God ever tell you to do something, God ever tell you to say those two words that are the hardest words for men to say? No, preacher, I'd rather die. I'm hungry, right? <laughs> Change the world. I'm sorry. I said it this morning, didn't I? Goodness, preacher, you ever learn? No, but I have reconcilable differences. I realize that if I've done something wrong, if you're man up to say it, can you be man up to say you're sorry? If you're man up to be a tough guy, can you be man up to say, wait a second, that might not have been such a good idea, seeing as you're a woman and I'm a man and I shouldn't have said it that way, and submit yourself unto God. You see, the Bible says, uh, for the which cause I suffer these things in first or Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard, to keep that which I have committed unto him 
against that day. You see, God will guard everything we give Him. And when we submit ourselves unto Him, have you submitted your job unto Him? Have you submitted your finances unto Him? Have you submitted your time unto Him? And if you submit that unto Him, then God said, I'll guard it. I'll take care of it. I'll bless it. So submitting those things unto God is the start to victory. Reconcilable differences. Let that mind of submission. You know that even you can lower your voice instead of raise your voice? Preacher, no one ever does that. Have you tried it with your kids? Instead of shouting at them, whisper at them. I saw this cop on this TV show in Louisiana. You know what he did? He was confronting some yahoos out there in Louisiana. And he lowered his voice. And you know what happens when you lower your voice as a cop? Now, he's got the authority, the gun, the badge. The other guys lower their voice and they have to lean in to hear what you're saying. You de-escalate the situation. When you get to volume 10, kids don't listen to you anyway. You ever seen Peanuts? That's what they hear the teacher say. There's no words. It's just like the teacher said, blah, 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 blah. But when, you're, when you slow down, say, honey, honey, let me talk to you. And you're, you're angry, right? But you're like, let me just submit this anger. And let me let God deal with them. Then they calm down too. Because the next one is service. Submission and then a mind of service. You ever remember career day in school? Did they do that? Yeah. Who wants to be president? Well, the kids... Probably not, right? Because there's just like one every four years, right? Who wants to be an astronaut? Oh, kids raising their hands. Who wants to be a doctor? Oh, the kids. I don't, this never happened in my school. Who wants to be a servant? He'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> Who wants to be that? Who wants to be a servant? Disgusting, right? And you know what? Uh, I, I don't think there was one hand that would go up, but they don't even ask that question, right? It's not on the list, right? It's, it's like, who wants to work at McDonald's? It's not there, but most of us have done it, probably. But you know that there was one named Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. You know that I read a book that said that this man probably changed the world more than any one man besides Jesus Christ. That was Paul the Apostle. And you know what he said? Because the Gospels weren't written by Paul, but most of the New Testament, which tells what the church does and tells how the church is set up. It was by one man. What did he do? He was a servant. He served people. Now, coffee, I know that not everyone likes it. Not everyone likes Starbucks, but let me tell you that. uh, And I know they're politics or whatever, but he wrote this. Howard uh, Schultz wrote this. We are not a coffee business that serves people. We are a people business that serves coffee. And you know what? If we begin to think of, wait a second, preacher, if I can be a servant, you know what? If you, that's what Solomon was told. Uh, uh, Solomon's son, excuse me, was told. He said, if, if you serve these people, if you can serve them, they'll, they'll, they'll be with you forever. But he listened to his friends and instead his friends said, hey, no. Treat them roughly. Speak roughly to them. Show them you're in charge. And you know what? It split the kingdom of Israel. But we find that there is a duty to serve. It's reconciled. If you want to bring people in, if you have a servant's heart, and you change your mind to say, how can I serve my husband? How can I serve my wife? I remember... um, We used to be in a strip mall and there was a guy named Ed Safar who ran the whole strip mall. He had this place called Safeco. Some of you might remember it. 
He had a big yellow Hummer, among other things. The man was in charge. He owned the whole kit and caboodle, right? And uh, he was, uh, I think, unloading something off of his truck into the store, like a 7-Eleven, right? It's called the Safeco store. And so he owns everything. I'm just telling you this to set this up. And he was like loading stuff. So his car door was open into the spot next to his, okay? And this guy or lady pulled in and couldn't get into that spot. And so he honked at Ed. Beep, beep, like move your, move your door, shut your door. Now he was in charge. What if someone told you that at your house? Move your stuff. Hey, close that. Would you tell them off? Well, I watched and I watched how Ed responded. Now he owns the place. He could have given the guy the one finger salute. He could have, you know, said, what's that? Don't do that. Okay. He quickly went and shut his door and got out of the way. He said, what is he? Is he not a man? No, he's a servant. You know what that person was coming to do? Beer, lotto, cigarettes, and milk in that order, right? That's what it says in the... That person was coming to purchase something at his store. And what he was going to do is say, let me get myself out of the way. Let me get my feelings out of the way. You know, sometimes we have to do that, right? We have to get ourselves, our feelings out of the way and learn to be a servant. And that person came right in and they probably went and spent some money at Ed's store. Why? Because Ed had a servant's heart. You know that when we become a servant, when we become a Christian, we change up here. The Bible says, be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed. Where? Not by the renewing of your body. You get saved and you're 20 pounds overweight. You go back home. You're still 20 pounds overweight. Maybe be 21 pounds overweight because you just like say, man, I'm just going to go have a milkshake. I feel so good. Right. Unless my, you're my daughter, you'll be 60 pounds. No matter what she eats. 59 and a half. And she tries to push the scale down at Publix. And they can't do that. Or she'll have a bag that we just purchased from Publix and carry that to try to gain weight. Right? And I'm thinking, this is so funny because women don't usually want to gain weight. But my daughter's like in it to win it. She's like, come on, 60. So anyway, so some ladies, you, you know, they kind of look left and look right before they get on there because they don't want anyone to see. What they, they get on there real quick and then they go off. <laughs> so anyway, so. But your mind is what changes. Your mind changes when you get saved. It's an amazing thing that when Jesus said, you know, that the people who aren't Christians, if you're in charge in Mark chapter 10, you exercise lordship. You do this and you do that. Brethren, that's not the way that Jesus said to do things. That's not the way Jesus does things. Jesus said, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. That means servant. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. He said, for the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So if we have a heart in our mind to serve our spouse, to serve Jesus Christ, it takes care of so many of the battles. You know the, the way that you can test someone to see if they're a servant? Treat them like one. No one likes to be treated like that, right? Because if you treat a servant like a servant, you know what they'll do? They'll act like a servant. And that's true humility. Not to just say, well, I go to church. You can't talk to me like that. You know what? It depends on who you serve. You know what Paul said? Whose I am and whom I serve. He said, I serve God. And God was telling him in this storm, everyone's going to live because of you, Paul. Because you're, you're my servant and you're going to go testify before Caesar. 
I remember this, uh, this lady, her name is Jessica Buchanan. She was kidnapped in Somalia, in Africa. She was an aid worker. And so they took her out into the bush in the middle of nowhere and they guarded her. It was uh, for ransom. And they do that in Somalia. That's one of their best businesses, right? Pirates that, you know, hijack ships and other people that kidnap uh, any foreigners and, you know, put all this ransom. So the negotiations were not going well. This happened in 2011 under President Obama's presidency. And uh, I don't remember how much they wanted, but it wasn't working out. And the lady was getting sick, okay? The lady was, uh, she had an infection, like a, 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 a lady's type of infection, you know, from being out there. And she was getting sick. She thought she was going to die, and she communicated that. Well, uh, President Obama, kudos to him, he sent some, some guys in there. So in the middle of the night... She was just minding her own business. She had used the restroom and come back and she was guarded by all these Somalians and she heard this scratching noise. And then she said it just chaos erupted and gunfire and everything. And she didn't know what was going on. So she hid under her blanket and this man came over to her in the middle of the African bush, in the middle of nowhere and said, we're Americans, we're here to get you out. It was SEAL Team 6. This has absolutely happened. And she, she said, she, she looked at the guy and said, you're American? <laughs> You're American? Like, what are you doing out here? And you know what? I'm thankful that, uh, that she was an American. So she had some people that were coming to serve her, that they would lay down their lives, the most elite trained people in the world, to go out and reach someone, not for who she was worth, because she had an allegiance to our country. And you know what she said after that? She said, it looked like my little brother. And she said, can you go get my bag? It was over there. And so in the middle of this combat zone, this Navy SEAL goes back to where her bag was, brings it, and she goes, I I I'm sorry, that's not the right one. And he kind of, this absolutely happened. I heard it on the podcast. So he kind of you know, dropped his shoulders, and he went back out into the darkness. And she said, that was the last thing I had. It was my identity. So he brought back the right thing. But you know what? It shows that the humility, the service of the most elite branch, the most elite men that we have in our service. But you know why? Because service and service is power. Say, well, no, it doesn't. There's no, there's no power in service. It depends who you serve. You ever go to a, a restaurant and you have a good server? You know that they don't make money with their hourly wage? They get paid, what, two bucks, five bucks an hour? That's not fair. But that's not how they get paid. They get paid by their service. My, my neighbor where I used to live, he used to work at one of these restaurants, and he told me how much money he made. And I was like, that's good money. Why? tips. If you, if you serve people 20 bucks, 15 bucks, you can make great money being a servant. Anyone have phone service? What do you pay? Like 10 bucks a month? Preacher, like a hundred. Right. For what? Service. How about electric service? Mine was almost 200 bucks just last month. I'm like, oh, they just decide to up it. But I like my air conditioning, right? But you know what? You pay for good Service, you know, brethren, service is not a scam. Service is a blessing, and it's a mind that we can have. Let me serve someone. It's a reconcilable difference. And the last thing, I'm ran out of time. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. You know, if you love someone, you'll sacrifice for them. You won't hold it over their head. You won't bring it up. You'll sacrifice for them. Anyone ever sacrifice for their kids? You know, I used to think that my dad and mom, my dad wore like black socks or something with his 
tennis shoes or something like that. And I was like, oh, can't believe you, Dad. Or maybe it was white socks with his non-tennis. It was one of those. You know that there, a lot of times parents do that because their kids are the ones that they spent the money on. The kids got the new shoes. The kids got the new clothes. The kids got the school books. The kids got the trip. The kids got the car. The kids got the Nintendo Switch. And the parents just sacrificed because of their love for their kids. You know, that's exactly what Jesus did. And so, preacher, I have a, a, an irreconcilable difference with my spouse. No, you don't. It's reconcilable. And Jesus, the Bible said, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The Bible says in Romans, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. As my wife comes to the piano, the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, you know, when you give your life to Jesus, you change your mind. The word repent means to literally change your mind. You change your mind about God. You change your mind about sin. But let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. I want to share as she begins to play. It says, who hath reconciled us. To himself by Jesus Christ. God brought us back. He took those reconcilable differences by the blood of the cross and he brought us back together with God. And it said, hath given unto us, listen, the ministry of reconciliation, not only to bring others to Jesus, but to bring your family together, to bring your friends together. Brethren, we're just not going to be exactly the same as other people. But we can love them. We can submit ourselves unto God. We can serve people. And we can sacrifice. And you know what? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you love someone, they can deny Jesus. They can deny you. But they can never deny the love that you showed to them. In serving them. In submitting unto God. And having a submitted mind. And being a servant of the Lord. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I want to leave you with this. If everyone would bow their heads. I was listening to a podcast and it wasn't even a Christian podcast. It was just a financial podcast. And they recounted this man and they played the call. That he had, I guess, gotten out of debt or something with his wife. But he started listening to this financial podcast. And the guy on the podcast would say scriptures. And they said, well, why did you start listening? He said, well, he said, I'm in the military. I was having some problems. I was going to take my life. I was going to commit suicide. And he said, before I committed suicide, I wanted my, parent, my, my, my kids, my wife to be taken care of financially. He said, but then I heard all these scriptures that you said on your, on your podcast. And he said, I came and told my wife what my problems were. And he said, he said, we found a, a church. And he said, he said, we got, we, we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. All because of financial podcasts, right? And he said, it's ironic. We got baptized on October 31st. And he said that it's ironic because he said, Halloween used to be our favorite holiday. He said, we get baptized on that day. 
And you know that it's interesting because it was a financial podcast, right? But those scriptures, those powerful scriptures, whatever they were, they touched the man's heart that there was a God that loved him. And whatever he was going through, he didn't have to end his life, but that Jesus could make him new, that Jesus could make his family work, that Jesus could take those things and Jesus could work with him and solve those problems. And that's just what he did. And another life was saved because of what Jesus did. And the mind that is in Jesus can be in us. Let this mind be in you. We can change our mind. Let's find a place to pray. We can have reconcilable differences. That means, preacher, we're different, but we can reconcile. But I don't see it this way. But you know what, God? We can reconcile that. And God, I'm going to come. And, and you know what? If you're not a Christian and you need to reconcile things with God, God will do that through his blood. And all you need to do is say, God, I changed my mind. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to put my mind and my heart and my life and submit it to Jesus 100%. That's what salvation is. I'm going to serve Jesus. That's what the character of salvation is. And I'm going to sacrifice for Jesus. That's what the life of Jesus was on the cross. God can do a miracle in you in your relationship, in your life, in your work for Him. These are reconcilable differences. God can bring us together. We can change our mind. Father, I preached your word. Lord, as we find a place to pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Hearts, in Jesus' name, have your way. Lord, we glorify you. Lord, we ask that you will accomplish your will in our hearts and in our lives. God, that you can reconcile us together with you. said that to God, here I am. God will take you just as you are. Don't have to change one thing. Just come to Jesus. Say, God, here I am. I'm going to submit my life. I'm giving it to you. And God will say, good, I'll take you just as you are, but I love you too much to leave you just like you are. And I'll change you and make you like me. I'll make you a new creature. I'll give you new desires. And I'll make you reconcilable.
God bless you is our prayer. Service times tonight, Tuesday, come be with us. God bless you is our prayer at this time. Steve, would you dismiss us in prayer? God bless you is our prayer. God loves you. And God's got a plan for whatever you're going through to reconcile you to him. Father God, come thanks to the gift of reconciliation, Lord. Power of will, Lord, to change and bring us back together as brothers and sisters of Christ. We look to you, Lord, through Jesus Christ. Lord, let you try the mercy that brought us here, Lord. Take us home, Lord, until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.